Welcome to a very spooky two-part episode of Between the Shelves. I'm your ghost, Alex, and my guest ghost this episode is Peter. Hello. Hello, Peter. So we have a lot of things to cover in these two episodes, so I'm going to quickly set the table. So Peter and I have made a list of 25 categories of horror films and each chosen a film that we think is a must-see for each of those categories. So this is in conjunction with something that Peter put together, the... Remind me the title, Peter? It's a Horrorween Challenge. The Horrorween Challenge. And do you want to explain that to our listeners? Sure. So um, starting October 1st, um, you can come uh, to Adult Services and pick up a, a challenge sheet. And basically, um, for every movie you watch that fits into um, one of the categories that we'll be talking about in these two episodes, um, you get a raffle ticket. Um if you have one movie that fits more than one category, then you can get more raffle tickets for that. So, And then at the end of the uh, month of October, there will be a drawing for a prize. Awesome. Any uh, hints of what that prize is going to be? Um, well, I guess I can say what it is. Uh, it's going to be uh, movie tickets. So. Nice. <laughs> How fitting. So, let's get started because we have a lot to cover right now. Yes. So, our first category... Oh, I should say, Peter, you're on this episode because you're our Sable Library's resident horror expert. I think between the two of us, we've probably seen more horror movies than anybody else in the library. Yes, and uh, every October I try to watch as many horror movies as I can, so this is going to go right along with my normal habits. (laughs) Okay, first category is horror movie that takes place on Long Island. Do you want to go you first? Start? Yeah, yeah. I, and I should say it takes place or was filmed on Long yes. Island. Uh, the one that I chose is probably the most obvious one, which is the Amityville Horror. Um, I thought I hadn't seen it, but I watched it last weekend, and I'm pretty sure I, I'm, I've seen it when I was a kid. I started watching horror movies pretty regular when I was like 12, so I'm sure I saw it back then. But it's you know a classic horror movie. It, it does owe a lot to. The Exorcist. I think they were probably trying to capitalize a little bit on that with like a, the, their daughter is kind of creepy. She's got a friends with friends with a ghost or whatever. But do you know what year it came out? It was seventy nine, I believe. Oh, so it's like right after The Exorcist. Yeah, I, I didn't check to see which, but yeah, I'm pretty sure. I don't remember what year Exorcist came out, but late seventies, I know. But it has some really good, um, I it, creepy images and you know. I, I actually thought it was quite good, although it, I, I kept thinking this this is trying to be <laughs> The Exorcist yeah. a little bit. Well, I'm sure we're going to talk about The Exorcist in uh, a future, future category. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't remember if I've seen Amityville Horror, to be honest. I think I might have seen the remake of it, which probably is not as good as the original. They never hardly ever are. Um, Cool. Any other any notes or anything you want to share about Amityville Horror? Um, it does star James Brolin, husband of Barbara Streisand, uh, and uh, Margot Kidder, who is one of my favorite. Uh, she's been in a few '80s horror movies, uh, more famous as Lois Lane. But nice. so. um, do you want to rank these horror movies on a scale of one to six six six? For how scary or how good? <laughs> how scary? How scary? Um, it kind of depends on. Uh, I would say this was a good, you know, on a scale, are you, 666 as being 666, <laughs> or as 6, <laughs> 1 to 6. How about 1 to 6, and then 666 we reserve for the super scary. Okay, I would say it was maybe maybe a 4. A 4? Okay. Yeah. That's pretty good. Um, 
So my movie, uh, this that I chose is called uh, Final Destination. It came out in 2000. It's about a, a group of teenagers who cheat death after one of their classmates has a premonition that their uh, class trip plane, the plane they're on taking their class trip, is going to crash. So they don't go on the plane and they survive. And then it's about, uh, you know, your destiny. You were supposed to die, so it's about death sort of coming for after these kids. I watched this, pr- like, right when it came out. I was very young. It left an impression on me. It's not... Uh, the scariest horror movie but it's very fun it's a fun to watch with like friends and stuff to see like how creative the uh the writers and the directors come up with creative ways to kill these these kids because there isn't like a a stalker coming out to kill and there's not a, like an embodied monster or something it's just they die in like very uh like, like accidents and things like that like very creative accidents yeah i was not young when i saw this because i'm old but um it's still the reason why if I'm on the highway, I can never be behind a truck yeah. that has anything open in it. Like there's a ladder or, you know, in the movie, I think it's a, it's a log. log. Yeah. But yeah, I always, I can never be behind something that has, <laughs> that yeah. you can visually see there's something in the back of the truck. Even um, that scene must have been in the trailer for this movie because even my wife won't let me drive behind like a log like truck or something and she i know she hasn't seen it so <laughs> um so i give this movie maybe a two out of one to six 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 on the scary uh on a scary scale which is copyrighted save a library yes <laughs> yeah i would say it's scary in that it's it's more like you're covering your eyes when you see what's happening on screen because yeah. you're like oh no but not like you have a hard time falling yeah. asleep. It has very, it's very suspenseful because you know one of them is going to die. Yeah. It's just like how and when is it going to happen. All right, next category, we have vampire movie. So I, I just want to say before you, you you talk about your vampire movie, I really struggled with this category. I've seen a lot of vampire movies, and I I am not a vampire fan. I There's maybe one or two vampire movies I even like, let alone can recommend. So this was a tough category for me. Um but I will say, I'll, I'll say what my movie is. So I actually stole this movie from my foreign horror movie, which is another category for next episode. Uh, my movie is called Let the Right One In. It's a Swedish film, and it's about a shy 12-year-old boy who lives in an apartment complex in Sweden, and he befriends a very strange young girl that, uh, that moves in next door with a very strange father figure. Um, it's an amazing film. It's one of... It's, it is my favorite vampire movie I've ever seen, and largely because it, it's like a nice twist on the vampire tropes and vampire story. Um, it's really dark. It's twisted. It goes into some unexpected areas. I like how it explores the whole vampire mythology in a new way. Um, it's just a really fun, really fun movie. Um, they made an American remake called Let Me In, I believe. Yeah, Let Me In. Which is still good, but the original is phenomenal so yeah, i highly recommend i probably would have used that one too except for i saw that you already <laughs> used it i love that one <laughs> uh, i'm glad you didn't choose it because i was really struggling to come up with another vampire movie um so out of one to six 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 i would say this is maybe a two or a three not very scary but uh i really definitely worth watching i would say it's yeah creepier more than scary yeah all right, what's your vampire movie? Uh, my vampire movie is also an international movie. Uh, it's called A Girl Walked Home Alone at Night. It's um, Iranian, and it's about a 
teen girl, an Iranian girl, who is a vampire, and um, she basically uses her vampirism to punish bad men. So she'll only, um, you know, attack men who are abusers or whatever. It's been a little while I've seen it, but it's got some really good... I mean, it's just it being said in Iran makes it quite different from most vampire movies. To see a vampire, like, walking around in a um, full burqa kind of thing, or a hijab, or I'm not sure what the correct term is, but it's it's quite striking, and, uh, it, you know, it came out not too long ago, within the last, you know, in the... In the 2000s, at yeah. least. <laughs> Which, for me, is uh, unusual because I really like an older horror movie. But, yeah, I, it's really good. I It's been a, a while since I've seen it. So I I would say on the, the scariness scale, it's probably on the lower end because it's it does have some scary, some terrifying scenes. But the thing that's kind of interesting about it is they kind of flop. Usually a teenage girl walking alone at night is the victim right. or the one that's scared and she's not. <laughs> she's yeah. she's reverse, kind of reversing that, but it, it's kind of more uh, horror, using the horror genre as to make a statement. So I would say maybe a three. Yeah. It's funny. We both chose vampire movies that are kind of twists on the vampire movies. So uh, this next category is a category I could talk about. I could do a whole episode on zombie movies. Uh, I love zombie movies. I've seen dozens and dozens of zombie movies. Um, so it was very hard for me to narrow down to one. So I couldn't. I chose, I'm choosing two. I hope neither you chose neither one of these. But um, they're both George Romero movies, who is the godfather of zombie movies. And it's not the two you're thinking of. Everyone's heard of Night of the Living Dead and Day of the Dawn of the Dead. But the two I want to talk about are Day of the Dead and Return of the Living Dead. So Day of the Dead is the third movie. It comes after after Dawn of the Dead. The reason I like Day of the Dead is the things I really... what The mo- zombie movies I like the most are the ones where it's... The humans are the are the threat. And it's like the human... How humans deal with living in like a... Kind of like an apocalyptic scenario. And, and the kind of like sociology of how people react to like threats and things like that. And that's what this movie is. It's basically people in a bunker trying to survive uh, from the zombie apocalypse that's going on outside and trying to kind of deal with one another. And the zombies are kind of like the background threat. They're not the primary threat. Spoiler alert, the zombies, there's plenty of zombie killings in the movie too. So it's got that too. But I don't know. It's a really, really great movie. And then on the other end of the spectrum is Return of the Living Dead, which was originally written by Romero, I believe, and then he abandoned it. And it was rewritten by another team, and they kind of turned it into like a parody of the zombie movie. So it's sort of funny, but it's really campy. It's really like goofy, but it still has horror elements in it. And I really, really recommend this one. It's a great like cult movie. It's so much fun to watch. And fun fact, it's the first zombie movie where a zombie was trying to eat brains. Oh, really? Yeah, that was not a zombie thing until this movie. I'm not sure. I probably have seen that one, but look. All the zombie movies kind of blend together. I think you might like it in particular, Peter, because it's like it's like early '80s. I want to say it came out, and it ha- it's like it looks like an '80s movie. It's a low budget movie. It's like just the perfect campy, like goofy horror movie. Yeah. You know, I think you might like it. So those are my recommendations. Uh, I'm the kind of the opposite. A zombie is not a particular favorite of mine. Although I do like zombie movies, and I am—I I looked at your list because I would have probably um, said, "Was it Day of the Dead your first one?" Yeah. 
I really like that one. But instead, I actually did another one from that series, which is Dawn of the Dead. Uh, it's one of the earlier ones that I saw, and um, it's the one where the people are in the mall kind of, um, you know, trying to <laughs> hide from the zombies. And it just, to me, is kind of like the classic zombie movie. And like all of the, I think a lot of them, they have, he has something to say about, you know, class and race. And and, and this one, there's something, that, you know, about capitalism, certainly since it's in the mall. And it's, I, it's been a few years since I've seen it. But to me, in my mind, it's kind of the, probably because of when I saw it, the classic zombie movie. You know? Yeah, it's still fantastic it's a must see yeah. for zombie movie uh, fans uh, and it has that crazy soundtrack too yeah. do you remember the name of the band it's like the wombats or the ghouls or something like that they have like a I mean, it, it wasn't goblin was it i think it was oh because yeah. they did a bunch of the you know like the argento movies the, yeah. from the 70s so it would make sense they do a lot of horror movie soundtracks okay our next category is folk horror movie now uh i I don't know what you chose, but I feel like I chose the obvious answer to this one, which is The Wicker Man. Came out in 1973. It has, um, oh, not Christopher Plummer. Who am I thinking of? Christopher Lee. Yeah. Uh, he plays, like, the head of this pagan sort of society that resides on an isolated island off the coast of England, I want to say, or Scotland or something. Yeah. And uh, it follows a detective who's investigating uh, the case of a missing child, which leads him to this island that's inhabited by these this like pagan cult basically and i don't want to spoil too much but man the ending is fantastic it's worth watching just for the ending yeah, it's classic i think it's kind of the movie that um made folk horror a thing because there were other ones i watched a couple last year that were older than that that i didn't particularly care for but i think they're the like the first really great folk horror movie was wicker man yeah and i would say maybe on a creepiness scale it's, it's way more creepy than like horror i would say until maybe the end ish um i would give maybe like a three on the spooky scale i don't know i would I, say more unsettling than yeah horrifying maybe yeah oh i didn't we didn't do scary ratings for our zombie oh, movies right. either i don't know we'll say a three pretty not not particularly yeah, I, scary i never found the zombie movies although the first night of the living dead is pretty scary there's something about how raw it is yeah know. uh what is your full car i actually this is a, a particular favorite category of mine so i have a couple one of them that i hadn't really thought about in a long time and i haven't seen in years but this was like one of my all-time favorites as a you know preteen, teen 12 13 year old i was always hoping it would come on you know usa network or something which is children of the corn i've only seen it once as an adult and it doesn't hold up particularly well, but I think it, I, I definitely saw it before I saw The Wicker Man, and it's kind of about this weird kind of cult that, you know, I don't, I don't even remember the details, it's been long enough, but it's, you know, they're in, in Iowa or somewhere in these cornfields, and it, it's very creepy, and I remember a lot of the scenes, there's some, like, uh, some pretty good gore scenes in it, actually, which is unusual for a, kind of a full core. It's a yeah. Stephen, based on a Stephen King but um, the other I have two in this category. The other one I had is a more recent one, which is Midsummer. Midsummer, Midsummer. I don't know how it's. I don't know either. <laughs> I should because my my dad speaks Swedish. I'll have to call him and ask. But uh, that's another similar to Worker Man, where these people um, go. They're in like rural Sweden, and it's during the Midsummer Festival, and 
they uh, starring Florence Pugh and I can't remember who else. She's the main person though, and they're there for is it for a wedding? It's been a little while since I've seen that I one don't too. But remember. anyway, it turns into some weird kind of death cult thing. But it's it's got all these weird kind of pagan ritual images, which I'm really big on. Uh, like creepy images is my big go-to for horror movies. So I it's just really well done. Recent horror movie just from a few years ago. Um, Great sets, great uh, costume designs, yeah. yeah. Really yeah, well-produced really horror movie. Like, yeah. uh, really impactful scenes that you'll, you'll have a hard time forgetting if you see it. But um, Children of the Corn, I would say, scale probably pretty low because it's a little bit ho- seems a little hokey mm-hmm. now, maybe two or three. Midsummer, I think, is kind of scary. I, I would say maybe a four or five on that one. Okay. Uh, next category is Wes Craven movies who's a famous horror director um so i realized i hadn't seen many west craven movies so i my choice is a nightmare on elm street which i had never seen until this past week when i was preparing for this episode and i gotta say it really holds up i love this movie um the special effects are amazing like they kind of look a little bit low budget but they, I think they really hold up in like a kind of campy sort of way. Um, I wouldn't say this movie is particularly scary. Maybe like a two. Yeah. I didn't. Well, maybe at the when it came out, if you saw it in the theaters, it might have been maybe like a four. But yeah, this it wasn't really spooky for me. All the jump scares I really saw coming from a mile away, so that didn't really get me. But the the special effects are really really impressive, and uh, I really liked that it had like a proactive final girl. Yeah. Uh, who was kind of like plotting to fight back at the monster, which is something you don't see too is, often. Is that the the first one, the one with the blood that comes yes. up out of the bed? Yeah, that's a pretty a pretty cool. Yeah, special effect. Yeah, the special effects bump up this movie like a full star for me. Yeah. Like they really hold up. Like I was just scratching my head. I'm like, how did they do that? I'm like, look, but uh, yeah, this is a great one. Um, Freddy Krueger. If you're not familiar, he's the he's the main bad guy. Uh, wasn't that Johnny Depp's first movie? Yes, it was. Yeah. Yes. Um, so I I'd say this one, watching it now in your home is probably like a two on the one to six 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 scale. But if you saw it, you know, in the theater in the day, it might have been a little bit higher. Yeah. But yeah, that's my pick. Um, luckily, I did two for this one because <laughs> I actually had Nightmare on Elm Street as my first pick too. I just it's just a classic '80s horror where it's it's got some cool special effects and it does have some, you know, some scares and some, but it's also kind of fun. You know, that Freddy Krueger was known for his like little quips. quips. Yeah. His funny quips, which, you know, which so I just like, it, it's kind of like the uh, ultimate eighties horror yeah. movie to me. But the other one I have, that's also Wes Craven um, is the Hills have eyes, which is kind of in that category of sort of like hillbilly horror or, mm-hmm where um, people are, uh, it's been a long time since I've seen this one too, so I'm, but it's the basic one where you see in a lot of horror movies where people are out in the middle of nowhere and they, they go for help for to some house that's like the only house within miles and there's some crazy murderous family. Yeah. And that one I think was remade, was it Rob Zombie remade that one maybe? I think that was remade recently too, but it is quite scary actually. Yeah, um, I've never seen it. It's been a while since I've seen it, but as my memory... Goes, I would say it's closer to a, I don't know, maybe a five, just because it's the kind of thing that you could imagine 
happening in real life, you know. What would you say on the scary factor for Hills of Eyes? Pretty high up. Right? Yeah, I would say, I mean, from memory, maybe a five. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I've heard. I've heard it's spooky. It's quite, you know, and it, it's quite um, violent. You know, it's... All right, moving right along. Our next category is a John Carpenter movie. So I also realized I hadn't seen many John Carpenter movies, so I've been kind of on a John Carpenter tear this past couple of weeks, like trying to check off as many as I can. Might be my favorite horror movie director. Uh, yeah, he's he makes some great movies. Um, the movie I chose because the next category i'm going to talk about john carpenter again but the one i chose is my favorite john carpenter movie it's the thing which uh i think it's his best movie it's an amazing concept it's actually a remake of a old sci-fi movie um where i think they're a group of like research scientists or something out in the arctic and they discover a crashed alien ship right and then it's they discover that uh the alien might not be dead and is starting to uh, infect some of the some of the research scientists and kind of turn them against one another. So I don't want to spoil too much, but uh, it's a great concept that really messes with the viewers and you're always guessing like who's infected, who's not. It has some really iconic scenes where the actors are trying to figure out who's the bad guy and who's not. And um, some great special effects. Yeah. Uh, I remember the first time I saw this, the scene where the guy's head falls off and turns into a spider and crawls away. I was yeah. like so revolt, like revolted by it, but like in a good way. I'm like, this is amazing. I can't believe somebody made this movie. Yeah, I feel like uh, the practical effects, you know, really do hold up in that one. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I rewatched it recently. I think I watch it pretty much every winter. Because it's a yeah. good winter movie. And uh, yeah, they, they special effects hold up. The story holds up. Um, I would say on a scary factor, maybe a three or four. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, absolutely fantastic movie. Yeah, there's something about a setting too set up. Like in the, you know, nowhere near civilization. Sort of like the Hills Have Eyes where it's just like, what are you going to do? Because you're yeah, in the you Arctic somewhere. There's nowhere to go. And there's nowhere to go. Yeah, exactly. Else. It adds to kind of like the unsettling feeling of like it's like a foreign, it's a place you haven't yeah. been before. So it just adds to like the uneasiness throughout yeah, the whole thing. It has that kind of claustrophobia, kind of like a, a, you know, like an alien too, where you're like stuck and you can't just, yeah. you're stuck in this little room because you can't survive outside, you know? Exactly. Great one. Um, I got to, John Carpenter, like I said, is one of my all time favorite horror directors. So I got two for this one. Uh, one of them, I think, is a, maybe a little bit lesser known uh, of his is called Prince of Darkness. The concept sounds kind of confusing, but it, I, I was surprised how much I liked it. It's, uh, the, the concept is they, they find this, like, this jar of green goo <laughs> that turns out to be um, the devil, <laughs> and it's seeping out and possessing people. And uh, what happens is it, it in the future, it, it like basically ruins the earth it's like a demonic apocalypse so these people from the future are communicating through their dreams communicating people with with the dreams at first they don't know no and there's this actually a sample iconic thing they say when they're in your dreams which was 
uh, on a side note, sampled by DJ Shadow in one of his songs, uh, Changeling Transmission, where it says, this is not a dream. This is not a dream. Yeah. Um, but it actually, Alice Cooper is in it. <laughs> and it's actually quite good. I, uh, I saw it a few years ago and it seems kind of crazy, but I, I really did enjoy that one. And it's kind of one of his less obvious ones. And the other kind of honor- honorable mention I have for him is um, Halloween 3 which is the, the one where the non-Mike Meyer, Michael Myers, Halloween 3, which he, they are trying to make it kind of an anthology series with people freaked out that they didn't have Mike Myers after the first two did. But uh, I remember seeing the ads for this when I was a kid, and they really stuck with me. It's this, this uh, I think I wrote it in, uh, I think it's a Shamrock, comp- a Shamrock Mask Company, and they're showing these uh, commercials for this Halloween Max, and it has this like kind of hypnotic theme to it and it, all these kids buy these Halloween masks and there's a chip in them that basically kills them <laughs> and their faces go all and then bugs come out and then the bugs kill more kids and uh, it turns it ends up being like a whole pagan ritual sacrifice thing but it's I, I saw this maybe last year or two years ago and it really does hold up as you know I kind of prefer it a slasher is not really my favorite style so I kind of prefer it to the conventional Halloween Mike Myers movies. I'm adding both of those to my two watch list. (laughs) Prince of Darkness was already on my two watch list because a podcast I listened to that I think you listen listen to as well uh, with Gorley and Rust they talk about horror movies and uh, they were both raving about it in their episode so I gotta I gotta watch that movie. And they both they all love Halloween too so I know that one's one of their favorites. Uh, Cool. So on the scary factor would you say? Prince of Darkness... Um, it's really hard for me. I think Prince of Darkness, I, I respond to the, the concept of it I think in kind of a sci-fi, they, in yeah. the future they learn to communicate through dreams kind of thing. So I, I, I don't really, I didn't find it particularly, maybe like a medium three. Okay. Um, Halloween three is, you know, pretty creepy. It's like something about like involving little kids in it that makes it worse, you yeah. know? So I'd say maybe a four okay. on that one. Yeah, I respect John Carpenter for just going big. He always goes big. Like when you when he always has a choice, he always just amps it up. Yeah. Like Escape from New York, Escape from LA. He just goes over the top all the time. All right, our next category is film from a horror series. So this is a nice tie-in because I chose Halloween, the original Halloween, directed by John Carpenter. Um, it's an all-time classic. It has an iconic soundtrack. Uh, maybe I'll play it in the background. Um, it's uh, my second favorite John Carpenter film after The Thing. Um, Mike Mile, Mike Michael Myers is like I think he's like the perfect villain. He's faceless. He's unknowable. He's unkillable, and he has seemingly no motivation. So he's sort of like just you can kind of project your own fears on him, um, and he's kind of like the perfect kind of allegory for like the 70s malaise where like you know they're just got out of the vietnam war and we didn't really understand like killing and everything like i don't know all that stuff it kind of fits in with like the michael myers sort of also were a lot of serial killers in the 70s too so there you go (laughs) um but he's perfect because he's always like stalking you in the places where you're most vulnerable your home and um, and when we're in our most vulnerable states. So there's a lot of like 
teenagers having sex and then Mike Myers comes in and kills them while they're having sex or something like that. Common horror movie thing where you're punished for sexuality. (laughs) So I don't know. He's kind of like the, the, when I think of like serial killers, like that slasher film, like this is just the golden standard for me. Um, And it's just so simply shot. It's just like, I don't know. There's no frills with this movie. It's just so direct and just, I don't know, engaging. Yeah, just really pulls you in. The synth soundtrack is just oh, it's so good. Classic. Uh, a fun fact I recently learned too: the house they live in at Halloween is the same house where they, or at least the uh, the exterior shots were for uh, the TV series Mama's Family. <laughs> Spooky. <laughs> uh, so on this one to six 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 scale, I'll say the original Halloween probably a five at least. It's it's, it's really legitimately scary. Yeah. yeah. At least a five. Uh, what about you? What's your movie uh, from a horror series? I was just going to mention on that because I, I love John Carpenter. Soundtrack is classic. And uh, a few years ago, I saw him. He was performing live uh, with a full band, his movie soundtracks. And, of course, they did the Halloween theme. And uh, on the screen behind them while he performed it, it was the iconic scene where Jamie Lee Curtis is hot, hiding in the closet. And there's the slits of light coming through. It was really good. Um but for my horror from a series is one of my all-time favorites, which is Hellraiser. It is, you know, distinctly adult. <laughs> it's not something... It, it deals with, like, sadomasochism and everything. And it's a... Um, what's his name? Horror author. He did a bunch of different horror movies. I'm blanking on the, the name of the guy, but... Google it. Um, but he basically... It's, like, kind of through sadomasochism and torture that you... you uh, access this other dimension where there are these cenobites that are these horrible creatures with like you know one of them has his like the front of his lips ripped open and there's all sorts of you know gross things and you know the I, the main one is pinhead who has the all the, the spikes, na- yeah. spikes in his face but it's actually a really good uh, really really interesting movie uh kind of went off the rails as a series but uh, they all the, do yeah the second one, I can remember being pretty good, but the first one is really good. And um, actually, uh, as, as a music nerd, the original soundtrack for the film was uh, the was made by this this group called Coil, which really just one guy. But the uh, the movie, it, it they wouldn't go for it, so they, they got somebody else new. But you can still they they released the soundtrack, the original soundtrack. Coil, which is one of the things on my list. I want to get an original version of that. But yeah, it's, you know, has something to say about, uh, you know, sexuality and that sort of thing. But it's just like a legitimately good uh, horror movie with like, the the Cenobites are so cool looking. Yeah. So. Yeah, uh, that's again, that's another one on my to watch list. Okay. Uh, Our next category is demonic possession movie. So I chose... The iconic The Exorcist. Um, it came out in, I want to say, 70, mid-70s? Yes, yeah, something like that. Um, this movie is, I consider, the scariest movie ever made. I watched it when I was probably 12 or 13-ish, right around there. And it scared me to my core. I have not seen it since. I will not ever see it again. It is burned into my brain. I can't get the image of... Uh, What's her name? Linda Blair. Linda Blair. Yeah. I can't get the. I can't get her 
faith, her possessed face, out of my brain. It haunts me to this day. Reagan is the character. Yeah. Um, absolute scariest movie ever made. It's a 666 on my scale. I don't even want to talk about it because it, it starts to bring up memories of this movie. And just a little side story. Um, when Scary Movie 2 came out, the comedy movie, they had a, a bit where they did like a take on The Exorcist. And Andy Richter was like the priest, and they used it in the trailer for the movie, which played on you know TV regularly. It was a famous movie, and I couldn't even watch the commercial for Scary Movie Two. I was so freaked out because <laughs> it was too close to The Exorcist. Um, Number one, Alex, grow up! Don't be such a baby. No, I can't. I refuse. <laughs> Number two, I actually had a very similar experience. I saw it the first time when I was probably twelve, and was very terrified by it and had nightmares about it and everything, but I have seen it since then and it kind of lost some of its bite on a viewing as an adult. But I still think it's a great movie. It just, you know, I guess I'm harder to scare. <laughs> I don't know. I oh man, it freaked me out. What's what's your demonic possession movie? Uh, I did The Omen, which uh, is another horror series. The first one, I you know, it's I, I'm kind of fudging it a little bit because it's not really demonic possession. It's more like the antichrist being born kind of like a I think it fits but you know it's the devil controlling somebody basically and it's just uh, I I started watching horror movies in the 80s and I always had a thing for the 70s horror movies Um, there's something about I I think if anybody listeners are similar age if you were a little kid in the early 80s I always saw the 70s as you heard so much about the, uh, the 70s being like bad kind of the 80s was less prosperous and i you know the little kid in your school that was still wearing 70s clothes you felt sorry for you know so there's something about the 70s that to me was like already kind of sad or scary or yeah wrong about it just because you know i was growing up in the the opposite but this movie has you know it's about damien this kid that's born that's the antichrist and He's making horrible things happen, and there's people that like his his nanny is, um, I uh, is like devoted to him, and there it turn you, you find out that all these people around him are satanists, and but it, it really does have some really uh, iconic, um, terrifying uh, and shocking even um, scenes in it. I, I if you're gonna watch, I don't want to give away like the main one because I remember the first time I saw it, it just like kind of took my breath away because I didn't I wasn't expecting it. Um, but yeah, I think it's a really solid, like demonic possession slash, you know, devil kind of movie that, uh, as far as the scaring, it's, I guess it it depends on how, how scared you are by like devil kind of stuff. But I I would say it's a a solid three. three I would agree. Yeah. I watched all four in one day when I was homesick from school one day. They were just doing a marathon on, like, the Sci-Fi Network or something. And, uh, yeah, they're fun, they're fun movies. The first one is really good. Um, I don't really remember the latter ones as much, but I remember the first one being, like, very, very good. Um, okay, let's move on to David Cronenberg movie. Do you want to go first? Sure. Uh, yeah, David Cronenberg is he. He's a, it's between him and John Carpenter for my favorite um, horror person. I just remember the the guy who who did Hellraiser, Clive Barker. That's who oh, I was yeah. trying to think yeah. of. He's a big horror writer and horror movie guy. Uh, David Cronenberg. He he's got so many, but my all time favorite from him is The Brood. 
it's from the 70s and his you know his thing he's known for is called body horror so there's this weird body stuff so it kind of the story there's this woman and uh, strange things are happening to her and then they um she uh th these like weird like kind of dwarf creatures are coming and attacking her and st stories like that. The thing with a David Cronenberg uh, movie, I think, is so much of it is the concept. I'm trying. I'm, I'm hesitating because I'm trying to think of how much I should say about it. But basically, the brood is it turns out this the you know these tumors are growing on the side of this woman and she's making these minions that attack people. But the you know the imagery is amazing and Cronenberg just really has a way of like it's like it's not just a gross out it's there's there's more to it than the gross out but the brood for me like as far as being body horror is like the ultimate body horror but the honorable mention for me from him is videodrome uh which is that was my pick yeah oh I, i'll shut up then you can talk oh you, you can jump in i'm sure you <laughs> yeah. have more insights into videodrome than i can say but uh videodrome was my pick it's my favorite cronenberg movie um again it's another body horror movie um and for those who don't know about body horror body horror um basically like his thesis i guess is kind of like your emotions kind of becoming affecting you physically so like uh, so in Videodrome, um, it's about a studio executive who re finds this like pirate channel, this TV station that is like a snuff channel and shows like torture and all this like snuff stuff. And um, basically, the studio exec, who's played by um, James Woods, want, is like rebroadcasting this pirate station for viewership, and it's a sensationalist kind of thing. But then he goes to like investigate where the source is coming from, finds out it's coming out of like a Pittsburgh or somewhere, I forget exactly. And it's basically kind of follows his investigation as he gets deeper and deeper into this like cultish sort of group that uh, I, the details are kind of escaping me a little bit, but that's all you need to know to like watch this movie. But basically like as you're watching these this snuff channel, it starts to, uh, mess with your body and your mind, and I forget. I don't remember yeah, just how like external things can change your body. And it also, what was kind of significant about it too at the time was it was kind of at the beginning of like surveillance of uh, you know closed caption, you know security cameras popping up everywhere. So it had something to do with you know kind of uh, kind of watching people. <laughs> well, reality and also kind of reality TV like entertainment of real things happening yeah. and you know people being surveilled kind of yeah. element to it too and it, it has it deals with like censorship too mm -hmm. and kind of like the desensitization desensitization of the public through visions of violence mm -hmm. and sex and things like that on tv and it, so it's more than just like a slasher film or something it has it has, does have something to say about society Cronenberg yeah. always has something to say even yeah. though there's a lot of you know gross special effects yeah. too. And there are plenty of gross special effects in yeah. this movie. And some really cool ones too, like yeah. the the videotape that like breathes and yeah. stuff. That was really cool. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, this is a great movie. Uh, on the scariness factor, um, I don't know, maybe like a three right down the middle. Yeah. More just like unsettling, I would guess. But just kind of the same for most of his movies. I haven't seen The Brood. I know that's more of like a straight horror, right? Yeah, I would say it is more, but you know, still the 
the classic body. I think that's one of his earlier ones. So he I, I maybe quite, hadn't quite found his what would become his more philosophical. Um, yeah. Although it, it does have some elements of that. It's it's been a few years since I saw it. But. All right. So that is David Cronenberg, right? Any more notes on David Cronenberg? No. Nope. Okay. I just recommend David Cronenberg if you like. Yeah. A and he's kind still of more substantive uh, yeah. horror movie. And... and he's still making movies. Um, I can't. What was the Crimes of the Future Crimes of the was future, his movie yeah. that came out about two years ago now. I think it's not a horror movie, but it's it deals a lot with the same like themes that are kind of show up in a lot of his movies. Yeah. But it's more like biographical. I recommend it. It's really good. Okay. Our next category is sci-fi horror. So if you know if you don't know what I'm about to say, you don't know who I am. My my pick is Alien, 1979, Ridley Scott's movie. I, I think it's one of the best movies ever made, flat out. It's in my top four. Um, the brief synopsis is it's uh, the crew of a spaceship, Nostromo, are rerouted on their return trip to Earth to investigate a distress signal on a desolate planet, and they discover something that basically infects one of the crew members and starts a, a similar kind of horror thing to the thing but um much much better made in my opinion <laughs> um i can do a whole episode on alien this is one of my favorite movies ever the production of this movie is like a whole great story in itself uh just the fact that it was ever made is amazing it's just one of the best movies like it's beautifully shot it drags out actually introducing you to the monster for half of the film so the the suspense just builds and builds and builds it's just the pacing is great it's a-list actors every single cast member is perfect it's just the perfect movie i I don't know i don't have much more to say about it it's just perfect how scary is it though on a one to six 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 when I watched it for the first time, I was probably like 10 or 11, and it was a 5 then. Having seen it a hundred times since then, it's down to like a 1. <laughs> I don't think it's particularly scary anymore. Uh, maybe, I would say maybe a 2. Yeah. But um, but boy, is it not just the best movie. <laughs> it is really good. I, mean, I don't know if I love it as much as you do, but does anyone... Um, but I love it too. It is it's definitely one of the best horror movies and one of the best movies. I'm gonna agree with that. All right. What's your sci-fi horror pick? Um, the you know I picked a Cronenberg, which is Scanners. Yeah. Uh, you know the story of Scanners is somebody realizes they can telepathically um, make people have seizures, basically, and so this you know corporation tries to. Weaponize it. Weaponize it, basically. And, uh, you know, in classic Cronenberg style, it's talking about, like, corporations and what they're, you know, what they're willing to do. And also, like, you know, the whole business of making things to kill people or hurt people, basically. Uh, but, uh, you know, the everybody probably knows the classic um, head-exploding scene which mm-hmm. is an amazing scene but this is another one that it's it, it's like a, a slow burn where there's a lot of time spent in like you trying to infil- infiltrate the offices of this company so it's not it's not an action one but um you know i'm a big sci-fi buff too and, and i tend to prefer sci-fi that's not necessarily spaceship sci-fi but this kind of con- conceptual sci-fi yeah 
So I, I really love that, and I have an honorable mention. Uh, as far as scary, it, it is kind of scary, but kind of more in a thrillery way, yeah. like getting away from these people. So I maybe give it a three. Um, my honorable mention, since I'm a big '80s horror fan, is Reanimator, which is uh, you know it's it's based on a um, H.P. Lovecraft, but you know it is what you think it is reanimating courses but uh it's just got you know the classic 80s um special effects so if you go in for that kind of classic 80s it's a it's a solid entry for the sci-fi horror as well yeah i second that i forgot about that movie that's a great movie i gotta rewatch that our next category is classic horror movie so this uh, i think we defined as filmed in the 60s or earlier right yeah. So I really struggled with this because I thought it was filmed before the 60s and I was I didn't want to talk about like Frankenstein or Bride of Frankenstein or something. So I was really struggling and uh, but then I I reread it and I'm like, "Oh, it's filmed in the 60s or earlier." That opens me up to Hitchcock or, you know, whatever. So uh, I chose Psycho 1960. Um, I'm sorry if this was your choice because this literally occurred to me like yesterday that I could do this. So Hitchcock um, really comes to his stride, hits his stride with Psycho. It's an iconic movie. It's boundary pushing in a lot of ways. Uh, it sets the high bar for horror that really isn't going to be equaled for at least a decade, in my opinion. Um, it uh, follows a woman named Marion Crane. She's on the lam. She stole some money from her boss, and she kind of hides away at this uh, motel off the side of a highway called the Bates Motel and she is basically introduced to the the proprietor of the motel this man named Norman who's a bit of an oddball and it seems to be like beholden to his like domineering mother who lives in the their house that kind of overlooks ominously overlooks the the motel I don't want to get into any more than that if you haven't seen it I don't want to spoil anything but it is it absolutely stands up. It's like a five-star movie. It's still scary today. Uh, it's Hitchcock. You know it's beautifully shot. Great pacing. Doesn't overstay its welcome. It's not. It's the right amount of time. I don't know what else to say that hasn't been said about horror movies. Uh, about Psycho, rather. Um, when I was looking at reviews of this movie, uh, someone mentioned that this did for horror what 2001 did for sci-fi, and I kind of agree yeah. with that. It kind of just like totally rewrote how horror movies are yeah. and nothing kind of it changed horror movie forever horror movies forever so psycho is my pick 1960 great one classic uh, what what how scary is it though uh, i'm gonna say like a f- three or four maybe i yeah, i think it really holds up and i think it really does hold scary up. like yeah. there's nothing scarier than someone stabbing you in the shower mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> like, it's like that you know vulnerability of that you know has been repeated in many, many movies. So. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of disappointed in myself because I'm a big Hitchcock fan, but I realize I don't think I have any Hitchcock on here. And he, he did a few strong horror yeah. movies. Um, my pick actually is a very old one that I saw many years ago and I was last year, last October, I was watching kind of a horror history kind of show on TV and they, they mentioned it. And it, it was the original um, Nosferatu. It's, from like the 20s, I think it's silent, but... 22, yeah. 22. Uh, basically, uh, I, I learned this from that documentary thing. Um, they just made the 
Dracula movie in England, I think, that was based on the Bram Bram Stoker novel. And this was long enough ago that there were still like copyright issues with Bram Stoker. So uh, in Germany, they did not have the rights to Dracula. So they kind of remade it in their own way. They changed it to Nosferatu. That the uh, but for me, it's just like has some of the most creepiest image ever. ever. Yeah. And the the um, the Dracula is very different looking from the debonair Dracula. Yes. Where you see this little bald man with the his uh, you know vampire teeth or the front two teeth. And I learned from that documentary too that it was a little problematic that some of those images were you know kind of anti-Semitic, which I didn't know until I, I saw that. But it still does have some really you know as far as classic movie goes. You know, I, I'm not really a, a huge, like, hammer horror kind of old-style horror guy, although yeah. I, watching that documentary made me want to revisit some of them, but this, you know, just for its, like, uh, iconic, creepy images, even if you just kind of watch it, have it on at a Halloween party or something, it's, you know, really, really creepy to look at. Um, I'm glad you mentioned that. So I actually have something to say about that. So first, have you seen Shadow of the Vampire? Is that the documentary you're talking about? I might have seen it, or I think actually it was just one of those countdowns of horror movies where they just kind of mentioned it. So Shadow of the Vampire is a movie about the making of Nosferatu. And it sort of goes into like the weird production kind of stories and everything about it. And I guess the actor who played the vampire like was like a method actor sort of and kind of was like an absolute monster on set like and really creepy. So it's kind of about like it's a horror movie about the making of that horror movie. I think that's worth checking out. And there are two remakes currently in production of Nosferatu. Did you know that? I didn't. One of them is a star-studded cast. It has... uh, I'll look it up, but... I'm sorry. It has... I think it... I want to say Sofia Coppola. Oh, really? Hold on. I'm sorry. I'm looking it up right now. Okay, so it's directed by Roger Eggers, who is a modern horror um, uh, director. Bill Skarsgård is in it, uh, Nicholas Holt, Willem Dafoe. It's a star-studded cast. So this is currently in production, a remake of Nosferatu. But the other remake of Nosferatu um, has been in production for a long time, and I've been following this one for a while. It's a remix. They're calling it a remix of the 1922 Nosferatu, where they utilize green screen technology to insert new actors into the roles using the the sets from the original movie oh wow and the uh the actor who's playing the count is doug jones the kind of he's plays a lot of monsters in like the guillermo del toro movies and things like that so this one i've been keeping an eye on and it's been in production for a long time really interesting because i didn't mention what i was talking about but it's that classic german expressionist film with the, the crazy black and white sets and the like really harsh shadows and that yeah. sort of thing so so i'm looking forward to that really interesting okay our next category is 80s horror movie now i chose the shining by stanley kubrick stanley kubrick is one of my favorite directors and this is probably i think this might have been the first stanley kubrick movie i saw um very famous movie. It's about a struggling writer who takes a job as a caretaker at an old hotel in the remote woods of Colorado uh, while the while the hotel is closed for the winter. Um, he brings his family family along with him, so it's just the three of him, his wife, and his young son staying at this huge hotel for the entire winter. And, of course, it's a horror movie, so 
what happens when you go to a house that's in the middle of the woods? Some spooky things start happening. So uh, I don't want to get into the spoilers of everything, but uh, it's just one of the most iconic movies ever. Beautifully, beautifully shot. Um, super, I think it's still creepy and holds up to this day. Jack Nicholson, phenomenal performance. Um, and I want to just mention, there's a great documentary about this movie called Room 237, and it's available on Canopy right now. So if you're a Save a Library patron, you can watch it right now, right from home. I have seen that. Yeah, it's really cool because it goes into like all, not only the production of the movie, but it goes into all like the fan theories yeah, about cons- like... Kind of conspiracy theories yeah. about it. Yeah. So it adds like a whole nother layer of creepiness to uh, this horror movie because... You know, there's all these conspiracy theories about Stanley Kubrick, like, filming the moon landing, like, faking the moon landing, and all this yeah. stuff. Like, people think he's, like, a higher genius than he probably actually ever was. So, there's a lot of interesting conspiracy theories, and some of them are pretty creepy, so. I need to mention, also, on The Shining, the amazing performance from Shelley Duvall, who I love. And um, there's something else I was going to say about The Shining. I forgot what it was, but... Oh, it's for somebody like I I talk about how I really like a good creepy image. Some of the best ever made are from The Shining, the yeah. creepy twins and the elevator blood and all that stuff. Oh, there's so many. Yeah, some of the yeah. most iconic, uh, creepy shots you've ever seen. Totally. So that was my pick. Um, on The Shining, oh, on the scariness scale, I give this maybe. I think it holds up. I'm gonna say four point five five. Yeah. I'm gonna say five. So that's a pretty scary one. Um, my 80s horror movie is uh, something that I, I think is maybe a little more um, characteristic of 80s horror. And, and I actually didn't see it in the 80s. It was I saw it a few years ago. It's called The Gate. And it's a story of this uh, little kid. Um, he's probably, I don't know, seven or eight or something. He finds a, a hole in the ground in the yard, and it, it turns out to be a portal to hell, predictably. But it, it's, it's uh, you know... You can guess what kind of things ensue, but it it reminds me a lot of Poltergeist. But I was impressed with how good it was because it it wasn't... There's a sequel, The Gate 2, which I do not recommend. It is not good. But the first one is a a really solid, like, kind of Poltergeist-style horror movie. Um, Never heard of this one. Yeah, I I hadn't heard of it either. I, 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 I think a friend told me about it. I have a Facebook group that we have... In October, we're all watching horror movies. Somebody on that recommended it to me, and I I was like, I don't know how I haven't seen this, because yeah. I watch a lot of 80s horror movies, but it was really quite quite strong, kind of, you know, possessed house, you know, something's horrible is coming from the backyard kind of thing. Nice. <laughs> the Gate and Scary Factor? Uh, I would say it's probably a medium three-ish. Okay. You know, it's like it, the main kids, it's a kid, so I, I, I don't know what the rating is. I think it's at least PG-13 because I think I looked up for the kids category. So it's not necessarily for little kids, but, you know, I think it's a PG-13, kind of like Poltergeist. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. This brings us to our last category of this episode, which I think, Peter, this might be your favorite category, uh, 70s horror movie. So this is, your, this is your wheelhouse. Um, I'll go first. Um, I watched The Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which is probably one of the most iconic 70s horror films. It's sort of kind of pioneered the slasher, kind of hillbilly horror sort of genres. It kind of falls into like the 70s fallout from like 
Nam and Nixon and all that stuff. And it's kind of like about the decay of the Western family. Like that's sort of like the themes of the movie. Um, but the plot is pretty straightforward. Uh, a bunch of teenagers are doing a cross-country road trip, I think. And they stop in, I think it's in Texas, right? Yeah. Uh, they run out of gas or something happens in Texas. Their car breaks down and they ask for help and they ended up getting separated and stumbling into this family of cannibalistic serial killers. <laughs> Not the best place to break down. Um, I The reason I chose this movie is uh, because it's the inspiration. Ridley Scott noted this as his inspiration for doing Alien, my favorite movie. So... I feel like I had to watch this movie, and I don't think it particularly holds up very well today. Oh, I disagree. I think okay. it holds up quite well. I watched it a few years All ago. Right, well, it was like, I thought it was quite good. <laughs> well, I mean, the, the CGI doesn't really hold up very well. CGI, not, CGI, not CGI, the oh, special, special effects. Effect. Yeah. Like the mask and stuff that the father oh, wears. Yeah. It's like. Mother face mask. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, it's still creepy. Yeah, I think as a, as a film, it holds up. Yeah. Pretty well, yeah. Yeah, the, the special effects, I think, could have yeah. used a little bit more budget and yeah. patience, but... Well, it was an independent uh, movie, too, so when oh, it came yeah. out, it was, yeah. It, it, when it came out in the 70s, it was kind of like, you know, a phenomenon that was in. And the uh, the recent one, I don't know if you saw, they uh, it kind of became a thing they showed in, like, Rocky Horror Picture Show, like, as a cult film. Oh, cool. But uh, then they restored the print, and it had a, a reputation for, like, looking terrible. But they restored the print, and it was actually, like, you know, so much better as far as production value. Because some of the early videos and DVDs were taken from, like, really bad print. Anyway, I really like that one. And I, that, that final scene of him dancing with the chainsaws, like, yeah. really creepy. Yeah, great killer. Uh, super creepy, like, uh, but... It, yeah, I don't know. Not my favorite. I would say on the scary factor, maybe like a four. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I, I like. I've seen so many horror movies that they hardly ever scare me at all. But that's not kind of what I'm looking for. But yeah. All right. What's your seventies pick? Um, I couldn't limit it to one, so I have two. But my probably the ultimate seventies horror for what I like about it for me is um, Suspiria. Is the it's an Italian horror horror film and um, that was a big thing. There was a few different uh, uh, directors are doing Italian horror. This is Dario Argento who did a bunch of them, and this one is it's a story of a, an American girl that moves to uh, I think it's Italy, but now I'm thinking about it, it might be like Austria or something. It is an Italian production, but uh, to go to this like fancy ballet school and she goes there and weird stuff starts happening and it turns out that the, the women there are witches and that's the thing about Argento the plot is kind of secondary to like these amazingly shot um, this is it was actually shot on Technicolor film they found some leftover so it's got that like really saturated bright color thing and just some of the most the they're almost like beautiful it's like a weird thing to say about like <laughs> a, a scene of somebody like dying but these just like iconic a lot of them are death scenes but also even the the shots of the school where it's just these weird hallways with a weird red light it's just these amazing creepy um images it's like a series of creepy vignettes with an amazing soundtrack by goblin who did most of argentos were like an italian prog 
band that you know their their albums are really collectible now if you, if you can find an original one but just like exactly what i'm looking for when i you you know that's my favorite thing with a movie just creepy images and creepy music um so as far as scary goes i wouldn't say it's that scary uh, maybe a three <laughs> but it, the images are like just incredible to look at and you know that yeah. was that was remade recently i know too and the remake's really good i haven't seen that yet it's on my list for this year but um the my other one that i want to mention which is one that like kind of started me down this road of horror one of the first horror movies i saw was uh carrie which is um you know the remake of the Stephen king everybody probably knows the concept of you know the girl who finds she has these um Telekinetic, telekinetic powers and her she's got this horrible mom that's mean to her and everybody's mean to her at school and it's you know of course everybody knows the iconic pig blood <laughs> the blood scene uh but i think it as a movie the ending that they made for the movie is really bad but up until that point it's just got you know it classic i i do like a, a stephen king um kind of um supernatural horror thing with these powers and it, it just really made an impression on me as a kid yeah i think that one holds up pretty well yeah um i think next year we need to do a stephen king category yeah definitely. and a witch i have category. i have a list a list i'm making <laughs> <laughs> all right so those are our categories for this episode so stay tuned in part two of this we have 13 more categories to go through i believe or 12 more categories so definitely check that out if you're a horror film buff or a movie film buff. Now, um, before we close out this episode, I just want to say this episode is coming out right before our Fan Fest. It's coming up on November 4th. So please, everybody, come to our Fan Fest. It's Saturday, November 4th. Dress up in your Halloween costume. Find your favorite horror movie character. Dress up. Join the costume contest. We're going to have food trucks, vendors. Uh, gaming bus, all sorts of fun stuff. So make sure you come out for that. I would love to see some Cenobites at the fan yes, fest. please. <laughs> <laughs> all right, thanks everybody for listening. Stay tuned to part two. Bye. Bye.